0: fighting to get started and to help the podcast thank you very much have a great day and enjoy the show
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app
3: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm, in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.
3: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV
3: this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network it's a fight in it's a fight in clock it's a fight in
4: Chamo ch- no. Episode 53, season 8 of the Fighting Cockpit podcast. I'm joined by Bardi. Hello. I've flown his bill. Hello, hello. Both at the game at the weekend. We were, yeah. Was yeah. that the worst 90 minutes in terms of kind of pressure and, and kind of uh, just unbridled fear on my part? I absolutely hated that game. It's a bit like um, you're getting tortured.
5: And then the mountain comes out, like, three, three quarters of the way through, a big, massive man that comes into the room, you're thinking, what the fuck, now? The... Oh, that was the last ten minutes.
4: <laughs> the, what, the mountain out of uh, Game of Thrones? Yeah, he'll, he'll yeah. you will know, do. With a penalty, and... Oh, Just... Insane. It, how about your body?
6: It, it was... I felt like I was watching it above my body for a lot of the time. I was <laughs> severely hungover, but... It, it was a weird game, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't enjoy. It. I wasn't as in a bad way as I was last year because last year I felt more pressure because we were pretty good, mm. and I thought we were pumping them, and I really wanted to pump them. But this year I was, I was a bit more scared and a bit not too bad, but I was pretty uh, scared.
4: Well, we're going to go into it definitely, obviously, because despite the fact that we didn't beat them, it was almost like we had one by yeah. the end. It was a, I felt it was just utter relief. Like it was like I don't know it was I, I put on Twitter saying how, how can I how can something I can't control can, how, how do I allow something that I can't control control me completely yeah it's exactly it it's, it's, That's it's football support is it, in a nutshell yeah and and this game as well I, anyway uh, the fight got social uh, this is coming out by the time you hear this probably on the day of the game uh, Dortmund we've got a social at uh, the EV bar five pound you can get your tickets. For thefightingcock.co.uk forward slash social. Come down and join us. There's about 300 people already going, so it's going to be absolutely buzzing. Um, later on in the show, we have a preview of the Dortmund game with European football expert Andy Brassel, who breaks it down. and It's a, it's a great listen. so stick around for that. Um, if you're a member of Patreon, uh, then obviously you're getting free. If you've already bought your tickets, then it's too much of a faff to refund you. So come, <laughs> come find me and I'll buy you a pint. And thank you for the... Over 200 people have now become patrons of the, the Fighting Cock. i would be overwhelmed by it, really. Uh, the WhatsApp group is popping. I went to bed on uh, Saturday night. I woke up in the morning on Sunday to 1,200 messages. <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite hard to follow. But you kind of dip in. But it's, uh, it's a good bunch of people. And uh, what was actually really good about it, is a couple, uh, one lad was on his own and he, he put in the WhatsApp group, oh, I'm, I'm drinking in King's Cross. Anyone fancy a pint? And like four of them went down and met him. Oh, awesome. That's what it's all about. Community, it's really nice. Community. Yeah. yeah, so it's, it's a lovely thing. Um, on top of the kind of WhatsApp group, we are uh, doing kind of podcasts as well. So after the Yasta game, I spoke to Alex to get a, an initial reaction to the game. So it's not what you're about to hear now with a little bit of hindsight. It was kind of a 30 minute uh, Patreon only podcast. So if you want to hear more of what we're doing, then go to uh, Patreon. That's p a t r e o n dot com forward slash fighting cock, and you can come p- become a patron for seven dollars a month. It's the price of a pint. Yes. So North London derby. It was yeah. the game itself was the exact opposite of what I thought it would be. Like the shape disappeared. It was almost mayhem. Yeah, it was not like <laughs> kids. Yeah, it was like watching kids play football. Yeah, it's hard to explain.
6: There, w- there was no there was no control on our on our but on our part um, we really missed um, Winks and we missed a Dembele kind of figure and it pretty much just became Spurs bypassing the midfield as quickly uh, as possible played it long didn't we we played it long and Eriksen for example Eriksen plays on average about 52 passes per match with at least two key passes at least he creates something This game, he had like 30 passes. This didn't create a moment. He was out of it completely, weren't he? He was was bypassed and he was handled quite well by Gunduzi and Torreira, who both of them did a job on him. And uh, um, I thought Arsenal were quite smart in the way they played against us.
4: Yeah, I I think, without giving them too much credit, Emery... He, Tactics—he kind of planned out the game before it before it happened. He I knew mean, when his subs were going to come on. I he, mean,
6: it's very simple if you're if you've got a Wanyama in midfield who hasn't started a game since November and can barely run.
4: Yeah, I mean that is pretty much the end of Wanyama, isn't it? I think so. But yeah, it's a shame because he did serve us so well a couple of years ago. Played brilliantly. You know, we bought him off Southampton eleven million pound. We didn't think he'd get in the side and became intrinsic to what Pochettino wanted us to do. Um, but now, kind of, give the in- injuries, he's just not up to pace, unfortunately. He needs
6: um, four or five games of playing, and we can't afford to give him that.
4: Not now, no, not at the moment. Um, let's talk about something positive, though. Mm-hmm. So Soko on the back of a very poor game against Burnley, an even worse game against Chelsea. Chelsea. Chelsea some <laughs> might say, I thought he did, OK, but that, the general consensus is I was wrong. Uh, he was excellent in this game. He did. I thought it was fucking awful in
5: the first half, but the second half, shoved it down the gob. But he was just immense. I think the tackle again on the on and I really thought Aubameyang was I was at the other end of the pitch, yeah. so I don't know how close it was. Yeah. But he was just everywhere, you know, just, you know, plugging gaps. Mm. Just an immense player, really. Just a massive positive this season. You know, um, it was a position which we were very strong in. You know, as body just said, we, had, we missed a Dembele, and mm. we, you know, we had um, Wanyam, we, we had Dyer. Three solid players, didn't have any of those three. Well, had, had a, a shadow of Wanyam. Yeah, yeah. The fact that Sissoko has just stepped up and done what he did, an, an important game, because we couldn't afford to lose, we lost the two previous games, we had to get something out of that game, and he just stood up to the plate and was very admirable.
4: You can't underestimate, Barty, can you, how important that point was. Like, we wanted to go into the game and beat them, but given the game, the way, way it turned, obviously they got the penalty at the end, and, but besides that, losing to them would have been horrendous, not just because it's Arsenal, but also they got a point. Closer to uh, well, there would only been a point behind us. But also, we have to go to Liverpool and Man City away. Now, we're four points ahead of them. If they lose to Man United at the weekend and we beat Southampton, that's seven. That means we can afford to go to Liverpool and Man City and lose both and still be a point ahead of them if they win all their games. I don't think that will happen. I think we'll go to one of those two games and get a result. Might not be a win, but we'll get we'll pick up a point in one of those two games. but yeah, the point, how, how important was that to just kind of make sure we got over the line and didn't lose?
6: I know, as you said, mathematically, it's, it's a great point. But it also kind of stops their momentum. It gives us a bit more spirit. It's been a, it's been a tough week. It's been one of the worst weeks for, in Pochettino's reign at Spurs. So it, morally, it was a huge, it was a huge
5: point.
4: Uh, What's your opinion of Danny Rose in midfield? Deep line midfielder.
5: I, I fucking loved him. It's one of those where, um, <laughs> it's one of those where, okay, I'm not passing the ball well, I'm not doing this, but I'm going to be a thorn in their side for like the entire game. And that's exactly what he was. Um, he basically got Torre- Torreira sent off because he could have let that go and let Torreira get the ball and he could have won it at him at a later point. But if, you know, I'm going to go for the ball and I'm going to get hit, basically get sent off and there'll be a man down. And he was just doing stuff like that throughout the entire game. Just, just being a nuisance.
6: There was, um, at one point, I saw um, Vertonghen was over on the left, and I, I just thought, you know, sometimes players in through movement get caught in position. And I was just like, oh, look, Danny Rose in the centre midfield, and he just never moved back. Yeah. And Vertonghen kept going wide, and yeah, it was just yeah. like, holy fuck, Danny Rose, centre midfield. Yeah, wide. yeah, yeah.
4: Oh, yeah, because during the game, yeah. you wouldn't have been able to see it. but Because I had to work for this game, but I had a ticket, kind of gutted, because it was so much worse having to watch it through a TV screen. Yeah. But I worked for this game, anyhow, and... Uh, so Danny Rose went over, I don't remember who he brought on, it might have been Llorente. And When he brought him on, uh, Poch pulled him over and explained something to him. And then Danny Rose just drifted into midfield and was like, oh my god, what are we seeing here? Um, it, I'm going to put it out there and hope that he never plays there again. Uh, there were times where he had the ball, there were maybe two or three Arsenal players around him, and instead of lacing it, or finding these man on the left, or laying it back to one of these centre-backs... He tried to beat him. But that's yeah. breaking
0: the press, man. No, no, I appreciate it, but it's just maybe four times out of five, he lost the ball.
6: I think Danny Rose saved the game for us, because had before that, it was... Um, Lorente came on for Sun, yeah? Right. Uh, they were just wandering through the midfield. Even though Wanyama wasn't playing well, he, he you know... Yeah, physically, it body. he Physically, he, oper- he, he took hold of it for space. But as soon as he went out, they were just wandering through and hitting a Bamiyang... Danny Rose being in midfield, all of a sudden, make, give us a bit more strength and energy. Allowed Sissoko to get up and down the pitch. Yeah, and um, you know he held possession where previously we'd been booting it and the ball been coming back. He won a few fouls, got players sent off.
4: And he did change the game.
6: I'm, not, I'm was... not
4: criticizing him. I'm just saying that it was a mayhem when he was there. Like, it, like, a, get the ball and like, say lace it. Just get it out. And he was like, but uh, "That's no, the problem." That's
6: like, what we, we had been doing no. and it hadn't been working.
4: I, I appreciate that. I really do. And look, I love Daniel Rose. He was.
6: I'd die for Daniel Rose. Yeah,
4: he, he's, he's 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 back in our hearts and he surely must I love get him. It. Never left it. I, I love the guy. Um, I mean,
5: obviously, you look at the stat sheets. His performances are very good, but it's just. It's just a nuisance. It's just there, you know. Mm. Um, just, 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 you know, shithousing them. And he almost killed their goalkeeper, which he could have got sent off for. Yeah, I was right um, in front of him, and I thought, this looks a bit suspect. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I saw... Uh, you know, we can see what a player's thinking. Yeah. I thought, uh, <laughs> but he had... He had, he had a, in his head, I'm not
4: going to pull out of this. I'm going to yeah. put my foot up, and if it misses the ball, he's going to get it in his chest. He had <laughs> a right to go for the go for the ball, and he did get a toe on it, so perhaps that's why he didn't get sent off. But, it, yeah, that was a bad one. <laughs> uh, Dreadful. Uh, he also talked about Pochettino's. Um, Team talk, yes. Obviously, Postino is usually very calm, collected, talks to his players. This was kind of like War of war, war the Roses, yeah. uh, um, kind of just got into the players. And 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 like uh, Rose said, he goes, It felt like I was going out to war, not for the first time. Have I been kind of um motivated to play for Spurs in a way I never thought I could? And it was kind of a glorious thing. And while the second half was better than the first,
6: I don't know, I, th- I- preferred how we played in the first I thought we had a bit more control and a bit more measure to our play and you could see what we were trying to do I thought the second half was a little bit more it was probably a little bit more up and at him than, would you, uh, than I would prefer would you
4: say it was like you know when you're making love to a woman at uh, the, the start you're kind of composed and you're kind of taking your time and you counting the strides, mm. and you're thinking about that, and then at the end you get a bit excited and just start pumping like a jack Russell. Or
6: maybe when you, you've pulled out your best techniques and they're not working, so you just you just replace technique with like thrust, speed. Uh, thrust <laughs> well, that's,
5: what, that's essentially what the second half was. I mean, yeah. Arsenal—they seemed a bit more out of their comfort zone in the second half, mm. and, and then, that's what that's, that's what I think it happened. I've, I think Sissoko came out like a man possessing the second half as well, and. And it worked. And let's not forget those waste men were wasting time and 32 minutes Mate, gone. Leno I mean, was terrible.
6: That's that's the kind of team we're playing against now. They like they're Watford.
5: I did feel the worst and Leno did that double save. I thought, fuck it, that's <laughs> going to be one of those days. Mate,
4: I mean, uh, it was... Ericsson, you think you should bury it, but it, it did kind of drop down to an incredible ball from Kane to loop yeah. it over the top. Mm. You see those missed over and over again. Lacazette had an almost identical chance <clears> on two minutes. Uh, he, he kind of shanked it wide and hit it straight at Leno anywhere else it would have been in drops it to Soko. it <laughs> hits it perfectly almost yeah. too well and Leno to his credit it was it was an incredible stop. I've I thought not it seen was in. I've not seen the game again
5: I can only I've only got the once
4: off and yeah it was it was a great stop because he was down and then he scrambled to get up and like just oh, like it was Soko squared up I was like it can't be <laughs> and, and I was right. Um, I think he, he has
6: got a goal coming somewhere at some point. Yeah, he it deserves been, it he yeah.
4: deserves it and, and he deserves a new he, contract he's going <laughs> to
6: open the scoring on your um, ground You yeah. yeah, might I be a player of the
4: season can you imagine that that's not bad who, who, who would you say is early shout for player of the season well people so? would
5: have said Son before the
4: last three games but yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know Son will is, probably like. get it because he's fashionable and Sissoko's the opposite of that but I think for me I would say Sissoko is I mean, that's what I'm going to vote for anyway yeah. I always forget
5: to vote but I'm going to vote for him me too I think I
6: voted for him last year as well
4: yeah Kane is uh, now the leading scorer in Northland derbies in Premier League history, uh, nine, overtaking El um well, Firstly, let's deal with the actually the header from Trippier's cross in the in the first half. Well, he was offside. He was he? Really? Yeah, okay. yeah, he was offside by about half a yard. Um, but the header was incredible, and I was convinced that was one. No, I can't tell you. I've Yeah,
6: the whole it was quite funny. The whole stadium thought it was thought it was a goal, but for some reason, I was looking at the the linesman. the linesman's flag went up straight away, and I I looked around, and it was weird because Arsenal was celebrating because it was disallowed, and then everyone around me was losing their shit because they thought we'd scored. It was it
5: was weird. Yeah, I I I dumped on someone and then. When I saw the Arsenal fans celebrate I realised something was yeah. wrong mm-hmm. and then I saw the linesman and I thought, oh,
6: fuck's sake. I think I, I spoke to Ricky at half-time and he says he never gets caught by this because you he, always keep an eye on the linesman, but he said he lost his
5: shit <laughs> yeah, yeah. for the first time. It's just so desperate though. What? I mean, yeah. you know, I mean the, sac- the Ramsey goal was just fucking painful, man. Yeah. I've never, I didn't know Ramsey was that fast. I don't know if because Ramsey was fast or when Yama was slow, but it was a yes. very well-taken goal. I think if it had been Sissoko
6: chasing him, then I, I think he would have got to him.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, sucker punch though, that that was because we we were kind of on top at that part of the game, yeah. and then uh, they broke away. Evans Sanchez for a very weak challenge in midfield. Should have done better, but I can put that down to experience. And it is what it is. They, another day, he could have been called offside, but he was just inside his half when it was played through. <coughs> Our goal was a, a kind of a bone of contention has been over the last couple of days, isn't it? It's a beautiful thing. Uh, it is. So <laughs> the the uh, the cross in from Ericsson I think. Um, it was the, Lamella
6: was it Lamella took the free kick
4: oh right okay uh, Lamella oh, I don't know. there's like I would say we had a line of six players offside yeah. and you know you have to be interfering with play so maybe Kane was he gets barred in the back one of the most ridiculous challenges I've ever seen I thought the
5: pushed right in front of me but I didn't think the referee was going to see it mm.
4: um, so Arsenal fans had a right I think to be <clears throat> kind of a little bit miffed why that wasn't given to offside but the rules of the game apparently <laughs> is that the barge, the foul. I've had this confirmed by Andy Brassel as well. The barge is uh, it supersedes the offside decision, yeah. so the foul supersedes. It's almost like a, the more severe of the offences. Yeah. So the penalty was correctly given. So even with VAR next year, that would have been given as a goal. It's the law, man. Can't bless the law. Can't blame the law. It's fucking high a fucking penalty though, isn't it? I'm a little bit gutted that. I, I want to win badly. <laughs> I, I want to win by cheating.
5: But it feels like it, it. feels like we have. Yeah, it <laughs> so does. that's, that's the
4: next best thing. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, the pressure on Kane, and we've seen it over and over again. The guy is ice cold. It that really is. Beautiful penalty. As Changed well. it up as well. Yeah, yeah. he always goes left and me.
6: He? he always goes. Normally he goes left, or he goes centre. If he's really shitting it, he'll go centre. But he's been caught out a few times. But he doesn't. He very rarely goes that side. Has so there the
4: penalty
5: saved? Uh, not, yeah, yeah, not this oh, season. Who? Oh, not this season. Whatever. No, he has. I've well, seen what? his guy one against Southampton. Not, I don't yeah. know if he's had one save. Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool. But then he's yeah.
6: That's about yeah. it. And when he was um, a kid as well. Of, against Hearts. Yeah. This but, um, uh, it's our first his first penalty we've had at home all in game season. Games,
5: yeah, yeah, that's madness. Two seasons
4: at Muddy. Um, yeah. On on the kind of graph, he, he showed that he'd taken four of his last five. Smashed it down that left hand side. Mm. Um, are you confident now that? Just kind of, we, we can see the season out. We get into that top four. You know
5: what? I can't believe I'm saying this, but um, I saw Arsenal fan TV and then um, Troop said we're going to shit it and finish fifth and United, and then we're going to finish in the top four. I thought, still I hope, it's, I, I hope it's not right. <laughs> yeah, you you need to get a little bit of doubt in your head. you. Don't, you don't let anyone else see. It's like, fuck off.
3: Nah, don't say that. No, no. <laughs> I mean,
5: <laughs> all we, the he's come out. I mean. We have got problems at
6: the moment because the last three teams we've played against, they've all sat deep. And haven't allowed us to utilize Sun, and we've had issues with our midfield creating, and we, we're just not creating many chances at the moment. So there is a problem there. Hopefully, uh, Delhi coming back will fix that. But I'm I'm a little bit worried about our attacking potency at the moment. We're not scoring a lot of goals,
4: and midfield as well. It's an issue, and I think I can't, people have figured out how to perhaps play Spurs. Well, the, there's no there's
6: no options really. They um. Trippier was getting the ball in acres of space, and had Trippier been a half decent human being, we he probably would have scored a goal. I've never there was one in the second half where we worked it beautifully through, and then he's got loads of people to pick out in the middle, and it's just for some reason he just smashes it out for a throw. I thought he actually
4: had a decent game. No, he that was, was awful. Fucking ball. dreadful, man. He was, he was. I'm not gonna it. I can't be bothered. I Can't bother to defend him. No I'm shit. Bothered. All right. I said. I said on the uh, Patreon podcast. Um, look, if we're going to reserve our hatred for Tottenham players, let's make it just one yeah. and let all the others off.
6: Well, the, the, the thing is, um, they, Arsenal were clearly targeting, targeting them as well. They that happens going, week after week. They don't every, yeah, everybody knows that Trippier is defensively weak and they were, they were hitting him hard. Uh,
4: Matt THFC1882 says, after the result has occurred, win or draw, do you get more satisfaction out of knowing you deserve the result you received? Uh, or knowing that the decisions have gone in our favour and therefore have bored the piss of the opposing fans.
5: In the North London Diablo against Liverpool.
4: Yeah. I mean, in Liverpool
5: 2-2. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the greatest results of my life. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Just
4: the anger. I mean,
5: weeks, months later, they're still going on about that foul in
4: Lamella. And it was a foul. <laughs> this is the thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, no, I'll take it. Like I said earlier, it, I, I love the fact that we got what we got from that game. And it weren't even like the, the the kind of referees were siding with us. They, they let everything go until the last kind of twenty minutes, where everything someone touched was a foul. And You'd look at the Abamiang penalty. N- not in a million years was it a penalty. No, yeah, it was very soft. Soft ain't the word. He didn't even he barely touched him. And the way even the way fell, it was like the yeah. skis just kind of crumbled under his own legs. Um, their their centre backs were doing it a lot
6: as well. Every time Kane challenged for a ball. Um, they,
5: went, they fell over and yeah. he was giving free kicks against him all the time. Yeah, it was a bit... It was a bit irritating. Um, I mean, the fact that Delhi's not on the team, we've got no physical presence in the three behind Kane. Mm. So Son and Ericsson are just like kids playing against men. And yeah. their centre-backs aren't massive by any means. They just kept getting eased, eased
4: yeah. out of the way. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. They, um, I, I think that Delhi Ali returning will make a massive difference, especially in breaking teams down that are defending because of the way he kind of finds space and moves and stuff. And these little death flicks, I think hopefully... Um, that might solve that problem. Luke can play with his back to goal.
5: Mm. Um, I mean, as much as we kane Lamelo on this pod, is a bit more of a physical presence. When he came on, oh, yeah. a lot more
4: stuck mm. to, to the three
5: behind Kane than it did previously.
4: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, what, 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 describe your feelings when they got awarded that penalty. I would have mm. left myself for time, me not to. I mean, and I've seen people on Twitter say, oh,
5: can you fucking, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you're in there, you're stressed as... Buck.
4: Yeah, cool. and then
5: in the last kick of the game they get a penalty you just don't it's... want to
4: see them celebrate and
5: Aubameyang doesn't miss he nah. genuinely doesn't miss penalties and I thought this is it this is it but something to me this day and just the elation when we when he saved it and then when I leave the day on Twitter and I saw that Vertonghen was like pretty much on Aubameyang's shoulders as <laughs> he kicked it <laughs> Yeah,
4: yeah. made it all the more beautiful yeah, that's another one isn't it an incredible block yeah.
5: <laughs> I sit right on
6: on the edge of my um, of my aisle in my block so people start streaming past me then from nowhere I see this egg coming up the stairs <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's Alex and as he gets to gets to my gets, he gets to my rose shaking his head and going, I'm not fucking staying for this and he fucks off and yeah. I thought I said to my mate Alex is fucked off and then obviously what happens is Lloris saves it and I, I turn around and I can see in the little kind of concourse I see Alex's little head popping up head. <laughs> I was just like what are you doing? I was like yeah, fuck, fuck off, off. go <laughs> home I, if I could have I would have escorted him out I Fucking didn't deserve to stay to celebrate
4: that um, I, I was saying to him as well was like he, he heard the uh, I'd loved it if he in a way if it wasn't Arsenal he heard the save comes running back and they uh, smash the rebound get out he's going turn around uh, I don't know if you've seen the footage of Bam Yang's penalty, <laughs> but I've never seen a human being look more scared than, than he looked. It's really? like the colour d- drained from his face. And you, you watch, go, go and watch the video of it. He just looked so so scared, so terrified. And Laurie's just given him the eyes, and it was an awful penalty.
6: But th- there's something that only occurred to me uh, today that... Um... Because Vertonghen took such a head start in encroaching, mm. that's the only reason why he was probably able to make the tackle. Yeah, to absolutely. Stop, to stop the tapping, which is great. <laughs> it's the only way he got there.
4: Uh, and we also encroached on our own penalty, apparently, <laughs> as well. Two of our players. But they did as well. They yeah. came in as well.
5: So apparently, a couple of their players are in the box, too, when, um, on a penalty. So, yeah. Swing to nine of us. But uh, it was just such a fucking awful game. I mean, um, last year, we were just confident. Th- throughout, leading up to the game, I was confident. The day we smashed them and it was fine, but last Saturday was just. This reminded me of the mid-noughties.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I have to say, I did get that distinct feeling during that game.
4: Anyway, we got the point. Yeah, we don't have to go through that for another six, seven months. Yes, whatever it is, done now. Yeah, we definitely can't get them. We can't drop down to the Europa League, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you just just in my head, 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 I was like, that "Can that happen?" Can that- <laughs> Uh, okay, well now we've got a, a, a very special segment. Andy Brassel, a lovely man, doesn't get paid for this. Don't pay him. He, he's um, here he and running talks TalkSport, ESPN. Uh, I think he writes at as well. He's very knowledgeable about European football and for the next two minutes you're going to hear us talk about Dortmund and what's been happening over there and whether or not Spurs can go all the way in the Champions League. Firstly, Andy, how impressed were you with Tottenham in the first leg against Dortmund?
7: I think they were terrific, especially in the second half. Um, And really, I I don't think it was maybe that different to the game at Wembley last year in the fact that um, in in the first half, um, Dortmund had territorial advantage, Spurs were fighting to stay in the game I think and, and fighting to, to to stay level um, but really came on after the break and they did that even more so in the game at Wembley this year when they were facing a better Dortmund side um, a Dortmund side that's going through a bit of a difficult moment but nowhere near as disorganized as the one that came under Peter Bosch last season so I think it showed how much Tottenham have have come on and you know for them to make a dent in the last 16 in the Champions League is is really something. Uh, Dortmund seem to be a club in total flux
4: every single season it, we've played them I think three times out of the last four years in the Champions League and Europa League um, yeah. yeah every time we, uh, we, we've played them it seems like we're playing
7: a completely different club what, what what's going on at Dortmund or what, what has gone on? Yeah well so much has changed um, in in the last little while I mean um, you know when you go back to when um, they played so well at White Hart Lane under Thomas Tuchel um, the football was pretty much often very good under Thomas Tuchel but is personal relationships behind the scene not always the healthiest. Um, As well, he had to deal with the bus attack, um, which is something that it was difficult for the the, the club to come to terms with. It was something um, that, you know, I I think the 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 long-term effects of it as something that are not perhaps acknowledged like psychologically on some of the players. And then you had uh, Peter Bosch who was a, a bit of an unusual deployment after after Tuka went because they initially want Lucian wanted Lucien Favre, who they had now. And Bosch is like, you know, that's a 360 turn in terms of the type of coach he is. Um, So he was someone who was dealing with a squad that was getting over a major trauma, um, who was dealing with the fact that he was a second-choice coach, really. Wasn't that experienced at elite level, and had quite an unbalanced squad. So for them to get into the Champions League this season, you know, they really scraped it in the end. They were lucky. They were, what, a goal, two goals from missing out um, instead of Leverkusen uh, after they lost on the final day against Hoffenheim. Um, And and what Favre's done in in the little while that he's been in charge has has been absolutely fantastic. Um, But I think really recent results have um, sort of acknowledged the fact that Um, he has had an awful lot to do and defensively they've had their issues, not just under Bosch and Peter Stöger last season, but going back to Tuchel, going back all the way to Klopp, really, because, you know, you can look at the fact that under Klopp, uh, Dortmund played the Champions League final at Wembley, of course, against Bayern and that back four, that reference back four that they had of uh, Piszczek, Subotic, Hummels and Schmelzer after that because of injuries, They didn't play together for another, what, two years? Um, A year and a half, two years? So they've never really got themselves to a point where they've been completely defensively stable since. Now, I think if you look at Dortmund's last 10 games, there's a number of different defensive combinations, not all of which have involved specialist defenders. So when you look at Dortmund's defensive record in this last little while, that has been their major problem. And Roman Berkey, who received so much criticism after his performance in the group stage at Wembley last season, has has been one of the players who's been one of their best players this season and has saved them on a number of occasions. I remember uh, you talking about the Tuchel side that kind
4: of tore apart Tottenham in both legs in the Europa Mm. League, um, especially at Wyatt Lane. They were unbelievable, Aubameyang especially. Um, But I remember being in Dortmund when they beat us 3-0, and for the first time in ever and since, uh, the Spurs fans applauded an oppo- opposing side off the pitch, and Hume was, especially at the back, was incredible. And he he noticed the kind of the Spurs fans applauding and kind of came over and clapped us as well. But it was kind of they were so good and and so incredible. And then the the season, I think, was it, was it the next season we played them or was it the season after? It was mm. just like a, a completely different football club. And the kind of fear factor of oh, Borussia Dortmund to come to Tottenham was completely gone. And the same this time, even though they were at the top of the league. You said they were going through some problems defensively. Is that kind of the crux of what's gone wrong? Because then they were seven
7: points clear, if I'm right. They're now level on points from Munich. Yeah, they, they were seven points clear um, at, at Christmas. They were, they were nine clear just before Christmas. Um, so, yeah, it has been incrementally chipped away the lead um I mean it looked as if they'd ridden out the Bayern storm and then in in recent weeks um they've they've had a lot of problems at the back and yes that has been the main problem they gave up a three nil lead at home to Hoffenheim and only drew that um you know there there are other games they should have won they've struggled to break teams down um away from home which I suppose you could say without Marco Royce that was part of their problem in in the first half at Wembley, they couldn't really make their dominance count, Um, but because they've had to change because they've been so stretched at the back, they've had to change the midfield a little bit as well and in terms of shielding the back four, that has implications and that has issues as well um I mean, I think that is their major problem really going into the second leg. the fact that i mean Marco Royce gave an interview to kicker today and he's he's fit for this second leg and it looks like he will play um he was saying if if we can keep them out, keep spurs out for sixty minutes, then we're in the game we've got a chance and i th- I think that's a that's a fair assumption. Just the difficulty is how do they keep Spurs out for 60 minutes or how do they keep Spurs out, period? And, you know, if Spurs score, they have to score five, which mm. is really, really difficult to imagine, even with the fact that they do have attacking clout and they do have options off the bench. So um that's where Spurs really hold the upper hand here. I think you've seen... In the fact that Dortmund have gone away to teams recently, like Augsburg, where they lost on Friday, um, who are struggling at the moment, uh, like Nuremberg, the bottom team, who they drew nil-nil at um, a couple of weeks ago. W- when they're forced to make the play, they find it difficult. You know, very much like they were under Klopp, they're a reactive side, they're a counter-attacking side, and of course, Spurs have the luxury of not having to go to Tottenham, uh, not having to go to Dortmund and, and chase a result. So. That, as well as the the brilliant score from the first leg, as well as the clean sheet, is why Tottenham have all the cards in their hand. And how do you anticipate the game going tomorrow night? Um, well, I would expect a, a bit of a push uh, from Dortmund at the start. We know they can play with pace. Um, we know the fact that um, Axel Witzel can uh, bring the ball out and launch attacks pretty quickly um, in midfield. Uh, we know that um, they have the likes of Royce, uh, Paco Alcacer, who I, I guess you anticipate would start as well. Uh, Jaden Sancho, you know, there is a lot of quality in that final third um they will be only aiming for an early goal and hoping that that spurs wobble because know the idea of as marco Royce said keeping spurs out for an hour and then giving it a push is a lovely idea in theory but the reality is dortmund have been so accident prone at the back i don't really see how they can go into this game and defend that's something that for a lucian Favre side normally would make quite a lot of sense but of course, you're, you're allowing Tottenham to get set as well if you don't really make a move for the first hour and that makes it more easier for them to to, to, to close out the, the, the final part of the game. So, really, Dortmund are going to have to go for it from the beginning and maybe that's where Tottenham get their opportunity.
4: And realistically, if we get through this tie, how far do you think Tottenham can go? It's a very kind of challenging competition this year, especially with English clubs. You know, Liverpool and City have got to be, in my opinion, favourites to, to go all the way, I think, they're both, both are very strong. Um, can you think of other examples where there are kind of spurs l- levels of quality in other teams in Europe historically that have gone on to do very well in the competition? Is,
7: is that a difficult question well, to answer? Uh, no, I, I, think, I think Tottenham have, have got a good chance of going deep into the competition. I mean, obviously, it's very draw-dependent, um, but I think what works for them is, I mean, you pointed out Liverpool and City there, and on paper fair enough uh, I, I think yes they do have the squads they do have um, the options they do have the, the the players to go deep into the competition themselves the fact that it's such a tight title race and that especially for Liverpool it means so much to them Manchester City I'm still not convinced about when it comes to the, the, the back end of the Champions League and I think if you look at Pep Guardiola in recent years in in the Champions League, you know, of course, he's been unlucky. Of course, it's a cup competition. There are circumstances like in in 2016, if they played that second leg Bayern against um, Atletico Madrid another 100 times, they'd win 99 of them. But but the fact is, he's not won the Champions League since 2011. And that's something that if we're having a a pop at Jose Mourinho for his recent lack of success in the Champions League, we have to question Guardiola as well. So I think for, for Liverpool... That first leg um, of Bayern makes it a a little bit complicated. Um, Not impossible, but complicated. They did keep the clean sheet, of course. Um, I think Tottenham, with where they are in the league, with the sense that they're not really in the title race in the Premier League, that they were never really in the title race in in the Premier League. That gives them a bit of freedom to have a go at this. I love the way they've developed in the Champions League over the last couple of seasons. I think up until the point in the second half against Juventus where they were knocked out at Wembley last season, that they were certainly the best English team in the competition to that point and, and one of the best teams in the competition period. Um, they've done it the other way around this season. You know, they really struggled to get through the group stage and they needed that push at the end. And then, you know, they've gone from strength to strength and given that fantastic performance against Dortmund at Wembley in the the first leg. Now, if if they go on from here, people all over Europe respect Spurs and respect Pochettino. And I think the other thing that really plays for them, if you look at the field, you look at the fact that Atletico getting drawn against Juventus is an absolute godsend, really, for everyone else in the draw because it means that when you go to the quarterfinals, one of the two best defenses in the competition will have been knocked out. Looks like it's Juventus at the moment who are, you know, to my mind, have always been a definite contender for this. You know, they position themselves like that by buying Cristiano Ronaldo. That's what it was all about about the Champions League. And that's why it'll be such a failure for them if they go out. Now now that opens up the field a little bit more if you lose Juventus. If you end up if they end up pulling off an incredible comeback then you know that means atletico who are another very very tough nut to crack come out of the competition i think it's a really open field and you know it's been a while since you've had a real dark horse win the competition you could say porto 2004 um liverpool uh 2005 but really i think if you go back to what if you go back to 2017 And if you look at Monaco getting to the semi-finals, that's the sort of template that Spurs should be going for. Of course, they have that way, and we've seen it frequently in the Premier League this season, of grinding out results. I think that's going to be very, very useful for them in knockout football. Hopefully, from their perspective, that will see them through the second leg at Dortmund, and I do expect them to, to go through. But honestly, I think Tottenham can have every belief that they're going to have a good run in the back end of this competition.
4: Amazing. So there you have it. Andy Brassel, football expert. Spurs are going to win the Champions League. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on, Andy. Uh, If anyone wants to follow you on Twitter, what's
7: your handle? At Andy Brassel. Two S's, two L's. Beautiful. Thank you so much, mate. Thank you. Yeah. Windy, about to draw the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I've got your back.
2: Hi, this is Windy, back with the weekly youth update. Looking at our young players and players out on loan, and I'll start off with the under twenty three. So you got a very creditable one all draw against Chelsea at Stevenage on Friday night. Our goal was an own goal, but we played much of the game with ten men after Jaffit Tanganga was sent off for a second bookable offence for hauling down his man in the box. That gave Chelsea a penalty, and they equalised. We apparently played well in the second half, though, and Janil Bennett could have scored. Um, and it sounds like he had a really strong game, so that's good to hear. The under-18s, meanwhile, beat West Ham 5-3 on Saturday morning. were still top of the table, still unbeaten in the league. And this game was notable because we had a trialist playing and he scored two goals. So Keon Etet, I think that surname pronunciation is correct, was on trial from Notts County. I presume this has come about because Notts County's former uh, academy manager, John Goodman, He's currently the assistant head of player development at Spurs, has been since October, so there's a link there. Etes is someone who's made his debut for Notts County already, albeit um, he's he's just 17. So he's obviously a player of promise. He's got a pro contract, so if we were to sign him, then there would need to be a fee involved. But it kind of makes sense because we don't have that many strikers at the club. I suspect Shane Harrison will move on permanently in the summer it could even be the case that Kaziah Sterling moves on permanently or, at the very least, will be on loan for next season. So Etet's transfer would make a lot of sense. Moving on to the loan ease, Marcus Edwards played the full 90 for Excelsior against PSV. That's a tough game for Excelsior, who are complete minnows compared to PSV. Uh, Kaziah Sterling was not involved once again for Sunderland. Likewise, George, Kevin, and Kudu was not involved for Monaco, and Josh Onima missed out for Sheffield Wednesday through injury. Connor Ogilvie though played the full ninety at centre back for Gillingham. Cameron carter has played the full ninety for Swansea. Shayna Harrison played sixty-four minutes for Melbourne. Sam Chichibu played again for Atletico Balleros and was one of their star players. And Anthony Georgiou played just over an hour for Levante's B side. That's it for this week. If you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at windycoys. That's coys for comedy Spurs.
4: Thank you, Andy Brassel, and thank you, Wendy. Cheers. Thank you. Um, fighting cocks backed by FansBet, a great betting company who gives half of its profits back to football fans. If you fancy a flat rod of football, uh, then go to FansBet.co.uk forward slash. No, that's it. And then select the uh, fighting cock in the drop down, and we get recognised for your playing. Excuse me, I just run upstairs. Um, the mirror linking Bale with a return to Spurs. I heard Isco as well in this deal, but maybe Bale uh, for Christian Eriksen going the, the other way. Well, the way Christian Eriksen is playing, a lot of people say he just, well pay his
5: airfare to to go back. Um, Bale is thirty this year. I'm not sure how much he's got left, but he would give the would give the fans a lift. The Madrid
4: fans are crucifying him at the moment as well. That's
6: that's what Madrid fans do. though. when things aren't going their way, they they start whistling you and Eriksen. Eriksen, if he goes there, he'll get exactly the same treatment. You have to be a superstar every week like Ronaldo is, or kind of like kind of like be Ronaldo's fluffer like Benzema was to be able to survive there.
4: Mm. Uh, it's interesting that Bale's agent has come out and, and made a comment about the, uh, the kind of abuse that he's getting from the fans, which would suggest that he's kind of, his time at uh, Madrid is done, I think the biggest stumbling block for getting him back at Spurs would be kind of wages how much he's willing to kind of drop. I think mean, he's on 600k a week. Stuff like that, yeah. Uh, <coughs> about how we, I mean, we don't compete with that. So it's about him kind of wanting to feel a, a kind of romantic return. And whether know even wants him. I mean, would he... He must fit in. <laughs> yeah, he fits. He fits, yeah. yeah. If he's fit, he fits. Where does he play? He'll
5: play behind Kane, I, I'd imagine. But on top of him. Well, yeah, I guess Kane <laughs> back up. But I don't know if he's got the legs to play... You know, any deeper than? Do you know anything about, about his
4: injury, like how badly it's affecting him? What's he play, his playing style like now? I'm, I'm not sure.
5: No,
6: I haven't watched much of it.
4: Um, but I take him. Uh, you know, he's like. still um, he's still
6: he's still able to change games. We saw in the Champions League final last year, he came on and he has the ability to to win matches with his left foot. And until he kind of loses his physicality, which he still seems to have a bit of, he's going to be a fantastic player. But I don't see us paying that kind of money for 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 his transfer fee or his wages. Oh, it's like no, no,
4: 50 mil plus Ericsson.
5: There's no sell-on value as well, so it'll you know, yeah. be, be amazing if Spurs do go for and I think Isco is the preferred one. I think, you know, from the outside looking at it, I don't think they've really warmed to Gareth Bale. He didn't learn, doesn't speak any Spanish, and I don't
4: know, it's just never really seemed to really warm to him as such. So. I think it's like Body says as well, like, either you're a world-beater or you're not, and that's the, the, what, what they kind of expect. Obviously, they're getting done by Barcelona as well, so it kind of didn't help. Uh, Redknapp, which one? Uh, the dad Harry Redknapp said our side two years ago with Kyle Walker is better than our current s- side yeah he's, I think he, sorry I
5: think a bit of context is I think at the start of the season he was kind of saying well it's okay we've not bought anyone
4: he's and been he's, he's of, been bang that drum all season pretty much though on BT Sport we're, 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 remind me of our side we have Carl Walker. It'd have been Walker and Rose, innit?
6: <coughs> it's the it's the famous picture of us playing 3-4-3, uh, three, three, and I think we had Dyer in our back
5: three. Yeah, with Vatonga and Alderweireld, Van Dembélé, um, Son. Oh, uh, Fuck, that. Uh, Kain, Yeah, Kain, yeah. Uh, I think.
6: I mean, it's it's obvious because two years on, our players aren't as good as they were. Dembélé has gone. Um, other players have got older. They've fallen foul of injuries. So it's it's up being a twat because it's it's obvious. It's an obvious thing to say. Mm. I mean, I, I'd probably, yeah,
4: you'd agree with him. Mm, so totally. We've got more points than th- this season than we did that season. So yeah, it's, Barcelona's it's side was better. Two, this Barcelona yeah. team was better than two years ago because people were a little bit younger. Uh, the vloggers and filming at games, is this kind of reaction to the, the um, Arsenal clip? The that?
5: Arsenal, Arsenal clip and I guess Ricky's tweet yesterday. What um, was Ricky's tweet? Oh, fuck. You asked me to remember what he Par- said. Just paraphrase.
6: <laughs> um, he said that it, it wasn't for him. He finds it strange how people... Are willing to, to put their emotions through a camera and miss the moment.
5: And yeah. yeah, uh, what do you think? For me, I just think <clears throat> if Kane misses a penalty in the North London Derby and I'm filming myself and he misses a penalty, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't upload it. Yeah, that's what I find a bit. weird. I think, I think vlogging on the whole is one of those things that's not going it's not really gonna go away. Um, you know, I guess, what are their motivations? Are they doing it for, for self-interest? Or is it just something that they just like doing it? Are they providing a service? Because in in the UK, I don't think it's for people. It's more for people abroad who want to get a feeling of what it's like to be at a game. And mm. I guess they feel by watching these people filming themselves. They probably it's, feel that they're in the crowd. You've
4: seen this kid. He's got, like, floppy hair. Uh, he must be about 15, 16. And fuck knows how he's getting away with it, but he's filming all of the game on his phone. Putting it up on YouTube. What, Tottenham? Yeah, Spurs. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't speak. He just shows the game and then shows the celebrations of the fans and then shows the game and the goals. So he's not like, say, Expressions or DT where yeah. they're commentating. He's just filming the game and it won't be so long before you get so many copyright strikes. Can get. That That kind of stuff, I kind of. I, I, there's no issue with that if that's what you want to do. I think you, you're right about the motivation. Um, ultimately, I, I think the vast majority of these vloggers want to forge a career out of it. Yeah, and who can blame them? Who who wouldn't want a career of, of kind of watching Spurs and whatnot? But um, I can see, undoubtedly, why people get pissed off of them.
6: It's um, it's just it's the whole kind of when they looking at the camera. It's they're removing themselves, and it becomes it becomes no longer about the match. It becomes no longer about Tottenham against Arsenal. It's about how they're looking. And as T said, if they Proper fan, I don't think I would want to share a really painful moment nah. on with the, with the world, but they do because their motivation isn't Tottenham and Arsenal. It's the motivation is, as you said,
4: publicising themselves. I think also that some Spurs fans don't want to look stupid. They don't want to. They don't want those moments captured on camera. Um, <clears> honestly, <throat> the, what, what was the first thing everyone did when um, when DT's vlog was out? Was go to the minute they miss a penalty? Yeah, yeah. and the, the who's the guy on? It was MHP. I can't his uh, and PH eighty two. Yeah, yeah. He, he he made like a compilation of yeah. all of them, <laughs> and they have like eight or nine of them. With the about enthusiasm, music yeah. Candles, isn't it? yeah. Um, and just to see the moment their hearts break, especially yeah. troops as well. If you saw his one, he looked like he was going to cry yeah. so when that second one went over. So look, I'm happy for Arsenal fans to keep doing it. Um, I would say that if it really really bugs you, it's not going to ultimately impact your enjoyment of the game. Unless there's so, that next to you. Yeah. But yeah. What is that? Yeah. <clears throat> Apparently the. the the, the lads from I can't remember what the name of their channel is. Uh, we are Tottenham too. Yeah, yeah. They, they they've had their, their phone slapped out their hands a couple of times. I mean, if you do it, this is what's going to come. You're kind of attracting that kind of attention, really. My
6: behaviour sometimes at football is, is questionable. Some well, of my behaviour generally. Is <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and I wouldn't want
5: somebody next to me documenting the stuff that comes out my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, I don't know. I think I'm not. As, I don't. I kind of understand the virtual, but I think the virtual is not about, so if someone's angry, I don't think it's because of their anger, it's because of how they feel everyone else looks. Mm. And I think they think that, they, you know, they're kind of mugging us off, I think it makes Tottenham look bad. But mm. vlogging, it's not going to go away, it's the way the world has gone. I mean, when we first started doing a podcast, for example, people are saying, oh, you know, you've got to do doing a podcast to be famous and blah, 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 blah. And I, I guess love. now. right. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, now, and I guess now you've got vloggers, I don't know what will be next after that, but mm. fuck knows.
4: Uh, Yeah, true. Uh, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. Like you say, it's a part of the modern game and it ain't going to go away. Uh, Carl Newman. uh, This is actually from the questions from the uh, Patreon group. Um, So we're going to prioritise some of those because they pay for it. (laughs) Because it's about making money now. Fuck Spurs. (laughs) Fuck doing things right. It's about cash. They're
6: like they like we like the strippers and they're the punters they come yeah. in, they get the attention I wish we could just yeah.
5: put the cream music from the Wu-Tang over this as we said
4: yeah so ne- next time next uh, social we, there's going to be a pint glass going around that you can flick pound coins <laughs> for, for dances uh, part of Patreon actually is you can slap John Bass's ass at any point during the, the social oh, wow. and tell him to get you a drink uh, so Carl Newman from the patron, patron group said, would you rather never be allowed to leave your country or would you rather leave your country forever and never be allowed to come back? So you have to stay in England forever or leave and never come back.
5: I guess it depends on who I'm going with. If I can leave with my family, then I'll just leave and never come back. Where'd you go? You can go to any country in the world and go go around and probably, I
4: don't know, maybe... It kind of it feels make... like you're limiting yourself if you stay. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, you that's the problem. You'd be
6: fucking going holiday in Margate every year. Mm. Yeah,
4: I've... I mean, uh, you've got... You've Got kids and that. You, I'm not sure if it's fair to take them. I don't
6: know. You can have
5: you can grow up just as well in other countries.
4: I'll probably go to an English speaking country because I know some, some you can't, <laughs> okay? Maybe, yeah, some <laughs> some countries in the bit quite hard to grow up. <laughs> uh, I think I'd leave, okay? Oh, I, I think I'd probably leave as well. as too much to see. Um, can Can you read the next one from James Payton? Okay, James Payton. You've been
5: transported to another universe, and as soon as you get there, you're told you need to make a decision. You need to press one of the following buttons. Button A, Kane runs down his contract. He'll be 27 when it expires in two seasons and moves to Arsenal on a free. Or button B, Levy and Postino fall out, and Levy allows Postino immediately to move to Arsenal, taking his management team with him. Which button
4: do you press? What the fuck is wrong with this geezer? Like that's, that's one of the worst questions we've ever been asked.
6: No, it's and you have to put it in. It's pretty, it's quite
4: simple. Go on then, Kane.
6: No, if we get rid of what? Pochettino. What? I can't, you can't lose Kane to Arsenal. I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather scuttle Pochettino for sure. Well, he takes the entire management team. Fucking take him. It, what? I'd rather keep Kane. Wow. Well, I can't God. lose Kane. We can't lose Kane. We can lose Pochettino. We can't lose Kane. Wow. I what do you say? I don't know. There are other managers <laughs> out there of who can do better, who can do the same or perhaps better than Pochettino. There's very few strikers out there who we who are available that we can buy now and will be as good as Kane. Kane's one of the best strikers in the world. Pochettino is in a discussion as one of the best managers
5: in the world. But him managing Arsenal, though, would be Uh, fucking awful. Can
6: you imagine Kane scoring a goal for Arsenal against Tottenham? And then not celebrate. And then not fucking celebrate, you cunt. Exactly. (laughs) Get
4: Pochettino can fuck off. Okay, Pochettino. I'm with you as well. Pochettino. Uh, Jenna Tassi says, Who do you think is the the current most punchable player at Arsenal? Can you only pick one? Guendouzi. Yeah, he can get a dig. But I, he's a
5: very good... You know what? He's actually really good and it's so annoying. He yeah, had a decent... I don't know why I got taken off. I don't know if it's because um, tactical or... Yeah,
4: it was tactical. has been on to close if it's game. Me, if it's me not getting football again it was bad, but... No, no, he was. He was, he was decent. Um, I, I think... Um, Yang And Lacazette. they get two. Bamian. <laughs> uh, only because of that penalty. When they did the commentating over the penalty when uh, when they played us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I rate Lacazette highly. And no, uh, sorry, uh, about Mien. Um But as a bunch of players, this is the least punchable Arsenal team I've experienced in a long time.
5: You know what? I don't even know what half of these players look like. No. If I saw Torreiro or any of them on the street, I think who would I recognise well, on the, the street? Just
4: w- the white ones, you don't.
5: <laughs> <laughs> or you all look the same.
4: I'm trying to think actually. I um, recognise Cacciani. Well, what's your most punchable Arsenal player in history? Fabregas. Yeah, because Fabregas. He's All got
6: the he's got the Chelsea link as well. Fabregas,
4: Bar Yeah, he get it.
6: I still quite like to punch Merson. I think, but that's more because of what he's done after after football. I don't, I don't I mind this,
4: Merson. I mentioned this before, but I had an irrational fear of uh, Ray Parler when he got the ball, <laughs> and he was like a box to box workman like midfielder. Yeah, he went yeah. incredible. He was very good. I I, I used to get the absolute shits so every time he got the ball when Spurs played him. Terrible. You know what? Um, this is going a bit. Bit left, but last Friday BT
5: showed um, like back to back on like North London derbies so yeah like the seventies and the eighties and they showed um the Littlewoods Cup semi final and um,
4: Littlewoods Cup is the League Cup yeah, for the League cup, are not, for noobs not nearly dying
5: <laughs> <laughs> nearly yeah. so basically the two legs we were level so we had to have a third game.
4: Yes, but, I have wow. a fucking penalty shoot out yes, you idiots that's how it was baby. so
5: for only three minutes of the entire three games Arsenal were ahead and they got through oh man, fuck fucking know. painful as
4: fuck nothing much changes really is it
6: T no. is a great memory for T to keep he loves that kind of shit
4: That's yeah. my
5: first season that's why
4: um, James Smith on Facebook this is uh, general normal fighting court listeners now I have a beautiful girlfriend and I am not the best looking lad around much like my team Spurs I've been performing above my expectation and punching above my weight the thing is, I have shagged my girlfriend, but I am very worried that my team won't actually get laid and win a trophy. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we? Uh, do you feel like we're going to? We're any closer to winning a trophy? Like it doesn't feel like we're going to win anything. To <laughs> no, <say>. not <laughs> like no. ever. It doesn't feel like we're ever going to win
5: anything. It, it does feel that way. Um, this will be the first decade since the Second World War that have not won a fucking trophy. Imagine think, that. Well, hang on. The Champions 50s, league. 60s, 70s, 80s. Champions League. Yeah, because still still in the league, yeah. <laughs> technically. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's so difficult to say because the FA Cup was just so symptomatic of us not signing anyone because the second string was just so fucking bad, you know? Mm. And as for the League Cup, well, that was just one of those things, but. It does feel like we're never going to win a trophy again. Yeah, it's just us now, isn't it? It's just.
6: Yeah, I, I think until we fix up our <laughs> squad and have a um, proper squad, the proper squad in place, it's tough to win the FA Cup and the League Cup. I mean, mm. we nearly got there this year, but then I, I think City probably would have beaten us. Have
4: you ever been with a girl you felt like you was punching? Uh, no. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've had one night stands where I felt like I was punching. Yeah, but yeah. But that's fine, isn't it? Yeah.
5: I've had.
6: Um, you
4: can literally punch them.
5: <laughs> situations where you. Punch get, him with his cock, you meant. With yeah. his cock, not. Yeah.
6: Where your, punch friend, your,
4: your friends have looked at you and they're they like wow. state of shock. Yeah. yeah you've actually managed made, to pull it off. Yeah. The, you, do you remember that meme with uh, Harry Kane where he's kind of bursting past people? And, oh, the last day of the, of the old stadium? Yeah, and he's kind of getting past people yeah, and yeah. he got a like, look in his eyes and it says, uh, Your mate is trying to hold you back when a. A 2 out of 10 has been whispering <laughs> dirty stuff in your ear all day. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's a crack in me but I fucking love that one. I've got to find that one. Uh, Lee Batuck on Facebook he says has the reintrodu- reintroduction of Kane reduced the potency of Son? Do you think that Potch sometimes has a tendency to over-rotate the team or change a winning albeit not convincing grant- granted formula? We had the same discussion when Kane came back from injury last time. Yeah I mean there's a bloke on Facebook saying should we shouldn't
5: have let him back in at all. I mean, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's madness.
6: I, th- I, th- <laughs> I think if you look at the games we won while Kane was out, they were you kind sh- of scrappy wins.
4: Unexpected to win.
6: Yeah, and then the game against Leicester we won, we were a little bit lucky and we hit them. They were playing a high line and Son was able to get in behind. I'm taking Dortmund out of the equation here. And then the games that we've lost with Kane back has been against teams who've sat deep and nullified Ericsson. So I don't think <laughs> it's anything to do with Kane coming back. No, nor do I.
4: That's a good answer. Uh, Mr. J... Uh, Mr J Yid MJR Yid he uh, says despite the penalty save does Loris need need replacing in the summer where are you at with Hugo
5: I think there are higher priorities than the goalkeeper position to to replace um, right back and central midfield much much higher priority to replace than Hugo um, if we were if <clears throat> if we were in a Man City situation then have at it but I don't think we're going to easily afford a better keeper than Hugo but I, don't, I think there's higher
6: priorities yeah I mean Windy who loves a depressing tweet he he listed Ooh, all yeah. the Tottenham players we've got and um, because we've skipped two transfer windows essentially we've got a lot of players who are now 28-29 who will need replacing <coughs> Lloris a, is a goalkeeper who despite his problems is still top 10 in the world so I don't think he needs replacing although I don't think he's fit for purpose but he's not a, as T says it's, no. not, a, it's not a priority Gassigniga maybe yeah. no. no fair enough
4: Uh, final question Eric Dyer's spleen he says the facilities manager at work is a proper rank gooner lazy self entitled etc I've not let on to him but I'm a Spurs fan as I have to get on side with him and ask a lot of favours for him to do my job effectively I know for a fact he'd make my life harder and be stubborn if he finds out I'm Spurs have you ever withheld your Spurs credentials in order to ease a situation or if not on the flip side have you benefited or got special treatment for being fully coised?
5: Are you guys open about supporting Spurs around anyone? Because I've, I've probably said in the podcast before, I don't tell people I support Spurs unless the situation really calls for it. I've been at jobs where I just don't tell people that I support Spurs. Um, I mean, obviously, in your line of work, you kind of have to,
4: because it's... Yeah, yeah, with Bull Street, I, I had to, obviously. <coughs> um, and before that, my manager, I'd known him for so long, and he was a Spurs fan as well, and it was a very small office. But I never talked about Tottenham in that office. Yeah. I, never, I was sat next to Aguna. Uh, nice gears, actually, but I've never talked football with him. It was almost like we never agreed to yeah. talk about it, but we never spoke about it with each other. What he did actually used to do, he used to irritate me, with complain about Chelsea and then want me to get involved in that complaint. And I'm like, no, nah, fuck you. I'm with Chelsea here. If it's against you, I'm with Chelsea. Uh, that, that's it, really. I don't... No, nah. I mean, my ex-girlfriend's mum used to be... He's a massive gooner. And I used to when well, to go around and stay there, like the whole family would be in the room and it would was when on replay for them and I'd have to listen to them fucking smash everybody up. I think it was actually during the Invincibles. Oh, for fuck's sake. It was that year. Um so no, nah, I'm not really um but I'm I'm cool with you, you know what I mean using being kind of selective with the truth. How about you, Buddy? Yeah, I
6: mean, the last, the last five years of work, I've, never, I've either worked with ladies who don't have an interest in football or men who don't really care about football. So I've been quite lucky that if there's been a bad result, I've been able to go to work and just hide from it. So not really. The only time work has ever crept up in my job is, I think I mentioned it a few years ago, is when the, the, one of the vice presidents of my company, who's a massive Spurs fan, came over and he goes, Anthony, can you come in my office? And I thought I was in trouble. And he sat me down and goes to me, Yeah, I heard you support Spurs and I heard you have a little um, radio thing <laughs> and, a, and a fanzine. And I was just like, fuck. Yeah. He doesn't listen, does he? I'll but he, he doesn't listen. But no. I got him a
4: couple of fanzines and from then on, I always got preferential treatment for, with him. And that's the way it should be. Like, if you know someone who's Spurs, you've got to give them a, a kind of foot up yeah. and help them out. Um, I had an example about... Um, oh fuck it's gone it's like nepotism amongst yeah, yeah. Spurs fans always sort out your, your brothers out um, ok that's it for the fighting Cop podcast thank you very much uh, Wendy uh, sorry T and Bardi you're welcome um, pleasure absolutely lovely seeing you guys again um, we are doing the Dortmund social so if you haven't got tickets then you can £5 um, all of the fans bet offering went really quickly 200 uh, so there's going to be about 300 of us there if you're a patron you don't have to pay just show your confirmation on the door and That's about it. Please join us on Patreon. Support, show love. We're going to do amazing things. We will.
6: Fighting cock and we don't give a fuck Like a top drawer whore when she don't see bucks Everybody wanna come and run it, but they funny Like a dummy in the bummy of your mommy Ha-ha. Fighting cock and we don't give a shit Everybody knows flatbait's and prick We can get a sticky in the mini sucking willy really. When you're getting grilly, yeah, you gotta bang the milly right.